Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. I am Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California with my big sister, Julie <laughs> Dolan, Dallas, Texas. It's just you and me today, Jewel. You think, I know. We, you think I... we can handle it? Yes, Liz, I'm totally confident that we can do it. I, I have I have no doubt in that. But uh, yeah, it's not, sometimes it's nice, Liz, when it's like a smaller group. I mean, the, all five of us, that's great too. But sometimes the one-on-one is, it's a very nice show. Okay. All right. Well, I wanted to mention, speaking of the one-to-one, that uh, this week this week on Wednesday, if you're in the Los Angeles area, Leanne and I are doing a reading, performance, holiday party for the Alliance for Women in Media. That is the group that hands out the Gracie Awards every year and also does a lot of other great advocacy for women in the, in the media business. So we're doing a little You're the Best bash for them Wednesday night. But here's the deal. Here's what makes it fun, Julie. It's on the Fox lot where I work. Oh. And oh, it is. You, I went there one time with you. I, and Oh, that's very exciting and yeah. very glamorous and totally Hollywood to do Totally that. Hollywood, yeah. So it's in the Fox Commissary, where as you walk into the Fox Commissary on one side, it's all of the best picture Oscars that 20th Century Fox has won over the years, many, many Oscars over many, many years. And on the other side, it's all the Emmy Awards 20th Century Fox has won uh, for television shows over the years. So anyway, but this is a ticketed event. So you can just Google Alliance for Women in Media or go to our website. Uh, You have to buy your tickets. You can buy them at the door, but it's better if you buy them in advance. So just throwing that out there. Anyone is welcome. You don't have to be part of an alliance for women in media. <laughs> if you just if you just want to come have the little experience with Leon and I, um, that would really be fun. That it, sounds that sounds totally gl- glamorous that you would get to see actual Oscar statuettes and Emmy statuettes. I like that, Liz. That's- yeah, I, you know, Leanne called me yesterday to check in. She's like, what do you think we need to do Wednesday? I was like, well, I think we need to be wildly entertaining because we are here <laughs> like at a major, like a Hollywood scene of the action for award-winning entertainment. So uh, we might have to kick our whole game up a notch. Uh, we haven't really figured that out. So I want to mention that uh, this Wednesday night. Um, Alliance for Women in Media. I also wanted to start today by mentioning, you know, it has been a week with a lot of of grim news, and it feels like we've had a series of those back-to-back. But this morning I noticed that Jimmy Carter announced that he is cancer-free, which I thought was a very bright note to start the show on. Liz, that's a fine thing. I mean, you know, anyone that can be, you know, that can beat that cancer, good for them. Right. I, I think that's great, Liz. I right. Think that- 91 years old, you just think once you get something that's serious, melanoma, that you might not even be able to handle the treatment for it. But um, that's Jimmy Carter. He is amazing. So, um, so. Congratulations to you, Mr. President. That's all That's all we can say. Now, we have a very full show that is a lot of kind of travel reports. You've been here and there. I've been here and there. You know, we have, of course, Vladimir Putin is in the news. Of course, Mark Zuckerberg is in the news. Uh, and then a lot of just holiday, both recapping and pre-planning, Julie. So yes. we are covering the world today. That's, that's for sure, Liz. So I think we better get started. And I want to start by thanking 
everyone. Just a huge thank you to everyone that dared to come to Dallas because that's what happened this week, Liz. (laughs) They took you up on the dare? Leanne and I were at the Barnes & Noble in Dallas and people took us up on the dare, Liz. I mean, people came from Kansas City. How about that? Wow. Satellite Sisters got on the plane, flew to Dallas. Okay. Okay. That's impressive. Yeah, that was, but that wasn't the only one, Liz. People drove from Louisiana, five-hour trips, three-hour trips. They came from all parts of Texas, not the least bit close. You know, we're a big state like yours in California. They took the dare, Liz. They came to Dallas. And I I just can't tell. I mean, Leanne has said this. She said, you know, the... Everyone should go on a book tour because one of the unexpected things with doing this book tour is the response from people from the Satellite Sisterhood. I mean, we're just in our closets, Liz, right? Doing these podcasts. We don't know if anyone is listening. We're just putting things out into the universe. Yes. So so when we when we have an opportunity to actually see some Satellite Sisters, it it is the warmest feeling in the world. I, I have to say, it's it's sort of like a family reunion. Like like you are meeting people that you have been Facebooking with, that you know, have, that have been listening to the show, that have been really part of our lives, and there they are in person. Okay, so so their presence <laughs> in multiples, like coming multiples. with their own satellite sisters. But if if that wasn't good enough, Liz, okay, this group also our satellite sisterhood, they come with gifts. Now I, I think you sort of started it because. You, you posted pictures from Minnesota of the loot that you received when you, when you and Sheila went to Minnesota. Yes. And Sheila I, and I made a haul in St. Paul. That's what I want to say. <laughs> well, Liz, I, I am telling you, we, we did just fine in Dallas. We, we got cookies, cookies from Kansas City, Liz, that had you're the best on them. You know, I mean, that was pretty good. We got bun cakes, Liz. Okay. Our own. Never <laughs> enough of those. Coffee. We got ornaments. We got wine. Okay. We we got all, and the nicest notes, the nicest personal comments. I I, I mean I, I I don't want people to feel like you know we you know you can't come to a satellite sister event with, unless you bring us something. That's not that's not the point. Really, your presence is a present to us. But we were really like blown away by just how you know how wonderful it was to see to see people in Dallas how I think how surprised they were to be in Dallas for, for some reason <laughs> which was great we had a special guest appearance at the Dallas event and that was my daughter-in-law Vera who was not able to be with us in Brooklyn when we did the big kickoff and so you know this was her one time only event Liz so did I she have fun did she enjoy she it she had a great time so Vera came Vera's sister Lena was was here as well. In fact, Lena got a gift, Liz. Okay, how about that? <laughs> wow. I mean, People that's, are so thoughtful. They are so, so nice. But Vera loved it because she, you know, again, she has not been out, you know, meeting people. She worked on the book. She wrote a great essay for a book about about sort of communicating in the next generation using Facebook. And uh, quite frankly, Liz, it's it's pretty deep and thoughtful, maybe more de- deeper and thoughtful, more thoughtful than many of the essays in the book. Yes. So she did a great job and people were so happy to see her and to meet with her. And we, you know, we had plenty of time to visit with people. I would say our, our snacks, because I had, that was part of the dare, Liz, that I had promised that I was going to bring great snacks to the Dallas event. Yeah, well, that- there was a lot of promotion of light refreshments. Light I, heard, refreshments. I heard that term over and over again. 
No, Liz Hack totally got squashed. Barnes and Noble, if they have You're a kidding. cafe in their store, you cannot bring food into it. So they said they were going to provide light refreshments. Well, they were they were weak, Liz. They were weak. That's all I can say. They were but too, they, too they, light. They, there were like a couple of little mini Dixie cups of spice cider and a couple of sugar cookies, but not not really not worthy of the satellite sisterhood. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Also, for the first time at the Dallas event, which it has never appeared anywhere before, would be Leon's furry poncho. Yes, indeed, she was coming to the Big D, and she was she took the glamour up, Liz. I don't know if you'll be seeing this at any other events in California. Maybe too hot for the furry poncho it could be on the fox lot on wednesday night the furry poncho makes its second appearance i don't know it's hollywood baby yes okay so she she was rocking a furry poncho that uh that uh, you know really was quite something so uh so that was it it provoked a lot of comments uh, on the facebook group i saw that that people have been really tracking the various outfits at the various appearances uh all of the photos from the dallas barnes and noble event look like people were just so enjoying themselves everyone is just grinning ear to ear in every picture liz we had a great time i was saying to leon on in the car on the way home that just the room was filled with so much goodness i i i that's the only word i can describe um you know in a week that, or a couple of weeks that have been you know just so filled with so much evil you know that there was just so much warmth and goodness in that room that day i i just it's something that i will treasure so that was that was a great event that is great you know when you say that Uh, It reminds me, there was a post in our Facebook group this week from Rebecca, and not only was what she posted like very thoughtful and moving to me, but everyone's responses to her made me feel like, wow, this Satellite Sisterhood really is a very special community, because on December 4th, she posted... Sadly, my mom passed away on Thanksgiving, and my mother-in-law also passed away exactly two months ago. My husband, two children, and I are very sad, but also finding the strength not to let the sadness consume us. And then she went on to pose a question about, like, what should we do for Christmas? What kind of advice do you have for how we can get through the holidays? And, you know, dozens and dozens of you wrote really sweet, warm, thoughtful, helpful comments, it seems like many, many people, including us, I would note, Mm -hmm. have gone through this kind of loss over the holidays. And it's hard enough to experience the loss of a parent. You know, our mother died just a few days after Thanksgiving, and then our father died just seven weeks after that. So we understand what it's like to be going through that during the holiday season. But so many other people also, like, put very thoughtful, heartfelt notes. And I was just so shocked. It's the way I feel at these events. Like, these are people, we haven't all met each other before, uh-huh. like, except here in whatever this community, this space is. So, you know, I wanted to thank Rebecca mm-hmm. for kind of having the um, the trust in the Satellite Sister community to post that in the group. And I wanted to post the dozens and dozens of people who responded to her for being so supportive and uh, so helpful for what will obviously be a very sad season uh, to Rebecca. So thank you for that to the entire Satellite Sisterhood. Absolutely, Liz. Absolutely. 
Well, well, I'm going to have to back up a little bit because I know you, this is the Dallas report, but I never got a chance to file the Bend Portland report. Oh, and, yeah, we, and I'm going to make this super quick because I know that we can't have every show during this season only about what we're doing on our, on our various book tour uh, events. But I did want to note that uh, I drove up to Bend for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's the usual fun road trip, Ferris and me, uh, download some audiobooks from Audible, uh, hit the road. Uh, we stayed at our favorite motel, Best Western Treehouse, uh, Mount Shasta, <laughs> uh, at the end of the first long day, and then got to, uh, got to Bend the Monday before Thanksgiving. So I was taking that whole week off. The original plan was Tuesday, I was going to get back in the car and drive over the mountain pass, the three, three and a half hours it is to Portland, and go to the Portland meetup uh, on Tuesday night at the Lucky Lab. As those of you who attended know, I did not make it because we got a huge snowstorm on Tuesday. And I posted some pictures just to prove, like, I am really (laughs) snowed in. But I couldn't believe it, Julie. I was really snowed in. I know, Liz, but that, that real, I've driven that once with you, the, the mountain roads, you can't do that. You just, just can't like, you know, I mean, those were blizzard conditions. There's as much as you love the satellite sisterhood, uh, nobody wanted you to like end up, you know, around a tree or something like that. So that was, I was, I was so, so tempted for lots of reasons, but also because I did go to the trouble to put the snow tires on. So, you know, (laughs) I had the snow tires on, on the car. So I was, I was really raring to go. And it was a friend of mine, Christine, who was going to drive over and back with me, who was like, this is crazy. This is, no, this is not a day we should be driving over any of these passes. And then I checked in with Leon and Leon and Monica both concurred. So what that meant is I basically had two snow days home alone in Bend, which turned out to be really helpful because I had committed to make Thanksgiving dinner. On Thursday. This was your first ever, like, cooking Thanksgiving dinner. Ever. Ever. You know, I am a contributor to other people's dinners every year. Uh Uh-huh. But but I had never hosted and done most of the cooking. There's more pressure, without a doubt, if you're in charge of the turkey. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. So you you probably needed the extra days. I did. I totally did. It's thank you for the snowstorm because I realized if I had gotten home Wednesday night from Portland over and back in the snow and started doing everything on Wednesday night, there was like no chance I would have been ready for dinner like (laughs) Thursday afternoon at four o'clock, which was go time. So I spent uh, Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday doing all of the prep that I, uh, that I needed to do and all of the prep that I had seen mom do for all of those years that I thought, this is crazy. This is ridiculous <laughs> that we are doing this on Monday or You Tuesday. resented it, right? You resented it. Well, yeah, it just, seemed, it just seemed over the top to me. But here, like two of the big lessons, uh, one is frozen pearl onions, people. I did not, I looked in a couple of grocery stores and couldn't find them. So I peeled all the pearl onions for the creamed onions, which I did, which turned out delicious by the way. But Leon has told me that really it's Trader Joe's that has the frozen pearl onions. So no matter what time of year you see them, you just have to buy as many as you can get your hands on and stockpile them for Thanksgiving because it's very spotty. But I had gone to the Safeway and I think to, oh, to uh, Newport Market in Bend, 
and they didn't have that. So I just, anyway, so I peeled all the onions myself. Thank you very much. It was delicious. Okay. Uh, this is a first ever. Liz is giving cooking tips. <laughs> Satellite sisters. Okay. Just Martin, take, take note. December 6th, 2015. Liz, it's now Liz's cooking show. Okay, carry on. Sister. I'm just carry saying on. lessons learned, Julie, that more, more I'm acknowledging that, that all you people who have been doing this all these years and throwing off, the, you're all right. The other thing that totally was right that mom used to do, which would drive me crazy, is, you know, like, Two or three days in advance, she would take out all of the serving dishes and all of the cooking dishes uh-huh. and make sure there were enough for everything. So she would, like, take the package of stuffing and put it in the container that she was going to cook the stuffing in. Yes. And then, you know, she, she yeah. ma- matched the food to the, the pot. Yes. And I totally should have done that <laughs> because I got around to actually cooking the, uh, the creamed onions and I realized the Dutch oven, which lives in that house in Bend, uh-huh. was for whatever reason gone. <laughs> so it was just like I I turned the whole place upside down uh, looking for a pot that I knew was there, uh, but it was not there. I texted around to all of my friends in Bend, to our brother and sister-in-law, like, did I ever loan you that pot or bring it to your house? Several other friends. Do you have a Dutch oven? (laughs) Nope. Nope. So I ended up having to improvise on a less than high quality uh, pan uh, to make the the frozen, the uh, creamed onions. But now all of a sudden the light bulb went off. Why mom always did that? Because you really (laughs) don't want it to be 10 a.m. Thursday and you realize you have not, nothing to cook this in. So, um, okay, mom, you were right. Uh, so then just a couple of other things. I would say I don't want to boast about my Thanksgiving dinner because I think that's inappropriate. It was a first try and it was a solid first try, but I think you should ask Monica next time she's on the show for, uh, because I, I think it was better than average. I, I okay, like, I, yes. I feel like I really pulled off. There was a one snafu where my brand new meat thermometer did not work. Thank you very much. William Sonoma. Thanks for mm-hmm. nothing. Where I also had to text our brother Dick to please, when you come over, bring your meat thermometer. So there was a moment of, you know, Oh, that, oh, that's a real sweat. Cause that's gotta, a real sweat you gotta, because you got to get the, I mean, that's what actually our brother Dick said to me. I talked to him on Thanksgiving before he ate your meal. And he said, well, as long as the turkey is cooked, yes. uh, I think I yes. think it will all be okay. I mean, people had pretty low expectations heading over to your house. They list. did. And I don't blame them. You know, I, but it sounds like you, you pulled it off. Would you I, do it again? I, I mean, feel like I, I feel like I did. Well, I mean, you really do need a bunch of days. So I'm not, so I'm debating, I think I'm going to be back up there for Christmas and maybe there's a meal, a family meal that would happen. Maybe Christmas night, I was thinking, uh-huh. uh, cause by Christmas night, people need to get out of the house. And in this case, out of the house being our brother Dick's house anyway. So that was great. I feel like I could do it. 
I could do it again. I wouldn't want to do it too frequently. You know, let's, let's all take turns. Uh, well, but, it sounds like when you, you, um, when you made the challenge to run the New York marathon, you don't do it every year, Liz. Yes. You have yeah. done it and yeah. you were successful at it. Yes. So, uh, and you know, you got a medal for the New York marathon <laughs> and, and nobody died of food poisoning at your Thanksgiving dinner. So I think you're, I think that deserves a medal too. Yes. And I was in Williams Sonoma, uh, here in Santa Monica yesterday to, order the replacement Le Creuset Dutch oven so that that so so that's not going to happen again I don't know where that thing went but I don't care I just I need that that (laughs) item so also over the course of the weekend Monica and I did a you're the best appearance at Sun River Books and Music and that was really fun because that was Monica's first reading over the course of the book tour We really had a lot of fun. It was quite a range of people that turned up there. There were some super hardcore fans there, so thank you so much. There was a woman who came to the Saturday night reading in Sun River who had also been at the Tuesday meetup in Portland. Okay, So that's three and a half hours, but for the Saturday night event, she brought her mother, and that that was really, really nice. Our cousins, a couple of cousins turned up. And then, Julie, there were lots of people there, both Satellite Sisters and Misters, who had not heard us since the days we were on public radio. Uh-huh. So they were like, where have you guys been? <laughs> and we explained that, you know, we did have 10 years of you know, success on the radio, but they don't change the channel from OPB, right? They're just mm-hmm. listening. So they had lost track of us. So... Before the reading started, and I would suggest this for future events if you're dealing with a certain population, I gave a little uh, impromptu uh, lesson on how to download a podcast. (laughs) Well, Liz, good for you. That's good. Yeah, because people wanted to catch up. I'm like, yeah, we got 10 years worth of shows you can listen to. Uh, I know you haven't heard us since 2003, many of these ladies uh, had not heard. So, uh, I'm like, okay, show me your phones and here's the, here's the podcast app that is already on your phone. Here's how you do it. And so we had some good quality, like tech support from satellite misters who were also there. And I think there were, you know, a dozen or so, uh, satellite sisters that went home from that event with a new skill. Which is important That's excellent. That's to keep excellent. learning new things as you age and learning how to listen to podcasts, I think is going to make them very happy. So if any of you who are at Sun River Books and Music are listening right now because you have mastered the podcast, I'm very happy for you. Congratulations. See how easy it is? Super <laughs> easy. I know the word podcast can be intimidating. Not so much, right? No, just press the button. Just press <laughs> that big arrow. That's all you have to do. <laughs> Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what what I'm recommending. (laughs) Either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, 
pork that's raised crate-free and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Liz, you know, we love talking about FrameBridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would I, you I like did. to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift-giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and FrameBridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, rate or gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but FrameBridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like... going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or see a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's FrameBridge.com. Thanks, FrameBridge. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty much then the only other wildly unexpected thing Monica and I did over the Thanksgiving holiday, which I believe she posted a photo on her Facebook page, is we went to the uh, Chimp Refuge. And... Um, I can't recall if we had talked about this previously on the show. No, no, I didn't know. I didn't understand that picture. You didn't? Know. Okay. All I didn't right. know where you were or why there were chimps involved. Okay. Yes. That's, okay. Okay. Here's the story of the chimps in Central Oregon. In Central Oregon, there is a chimp refuge called Chimps, Inc., and this is in Tumalo, Oregon, so kind of the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. on this beautiful ranch. They started up a chimp refuge 
for chimps that had been rescued from zoos where they had been mistreated or, you know, people that privately have chimps in their backyard, which is insane and unsafe and not healthy for anyone. So this chimp refuge has been going for quite a while. And a friend of ours is on the board of Chimpsync. And every year over Thanksgiving, they have a little fundraiser, uh, or not a little fundraiser. There were hundreds of people there uh, where you can go to the ranch. It is not open to the public most of the time because it's not a zoo. That's the whole point. It is just a refuge for the chimps to lead their chimpy life. And uh, so they open it up once a year and you can buy tickets. And so Monica and I went, we met the chimps, you know, fantastic. They've got a huge indoor place for them to live, but also an outdoor enclosure. Uh, so they can't escape, but they can be outdoors as much as they want. And it's, it's like, imagine the world's biggest jungle gym. That's what okay. this looks like. And the chimps can go in and out. There are tunnels and bridges and it was actually really a lot of fun. So, um, so yeah, so we had a little, um, you know, chimp moment, uh, uh, <laughs> okay. okay. I bought, they were, they were selling t-shirts that, uh, that said 98.7% chimp on them. Oh, I like and, that. Yeah. I like, I like that too. Very cute. So I bought that for our sister-in-law, Susan, cause I knew that she would, you know, she's a nature lover and that she would appreciate that. So it was only afterwards I thought, that, oh, I hope that isn't rude to call someone 98% chimp. But she seemed to really like it. Anyway, okay. so, so, so we had a good time. Both the chimps and the humans uh, seem to be having a very good time at the Chimps Inc. party. So there you go. It was a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. And then I drove all the way home. Mm-hmm. And this week I was – then I had to turn around and go to Washington, D.C. all week. Jeez. So right now I'm having a very low-key weekend. Okay, so, but here we here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Well, Liz, we, we got to keep moving around the world um, on this podcast. And so uh, we're going to Russia right now because uh, one of our longtime listeners, Sue, alerted me to a big story coming out of Moscow this week um, of Vladimir Putin, President Putin, you know, who I keep uh, keep my eyes on at all times. He made an address to the Duma and he has now made the claim that Russia is going to become the world's uh, a largest or world's organic food superpower. That is the new goal for Russia, that they are going to become the or- organic food superpower. Now, this is a mind-blowing claim, Liz. <laughs> and let me explain why, okay? We'll just, we'll just kind of break this down into a break couple Break it down pieces. for us. Break yeah. it down. Okay, yeah. first of all, uh, let's reestablish the facts. I lived in Russia, in Moscow, for five years. Uh, so I'm familiar with food in Russia and what's available and what's not available. Um, so that's the first thing you need to know. Um, when we were living in Moscow, you know, people said, oh, did you have to wait in lines? Were there food shortages? No, there were no food shortages at that time. But you did really have to worry about the source of your food in Russia because because of a, a, a small thing, a very actually a very large thing called Chernobyl. Right. When they had the Chernobyl nuclear disaster, all of that, that nuclear cloud that came out of that uh, reactor, it floated and settled into what is known as the breadbasket of Russia, where they grow all their, where they would grow all their grains, their fruits, their vegetables. And so 
for a long time, we, we were alerted to this and, uh, and I have firsthand, a firsthand story that's wild that, you know, you really had to be worried about, you know, radiation and contamination, contamination because, uh, because of the nuclear d- disaster. I mean, that this was a serious thing. When we, like the first year we were there, we were with some people that, for whatever reasons, they were geologists. They they had a Geiger counter, and they went through, they went through a grocery store, Liz, and oh. like the blueberries, blueberries were hot. They were, you know, like reading, oh you know. God. I know. So it was, it was a, it was an ongoing thing that you thought about when you lived in Moscow about like. You know, what, where's the food coming from? Even McDonald's, when McDonald's moved to Russia, one of the things they realized is they couldn't, they couldn't uh, guarantee the quality of the beef for their hamburgers in Russia. So they set up their own ranch, cattle ranch in Russia in order to make sure that they had a good source of beef for McDonald's hamburgers. So it was a, it was a, like a known fact in the expat community that, you know, about once a month, there was an opportunity to buy some of this good beef from the McDonald's farm, you know, and that this was far superior to the beef that you would be getting otherwise. So it was this issue of quality or of cutting corners mm-hmm. or of like, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, even, even products that like Hershey's chocolate powder. Well, who Whoever owned the franchise for Hershey's chocolate powder in uh, in Russia, they they figured out that you could add a lot more filler to it and still call it Hershey's chocolate bar uh, chocolate powder. So it was just things like that. Everything was like cut in half or contaminated. You really had to right. worry about it. So the idea that they're now going to become the organic foods <laughs> of superpower was sort of, you know, mind You're skeptical. You're I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical about whether or not they'll be able to achieve that goal. Second thing, when you think about agriculture and sort of the agricultural traditions in Russia, well, that, that was under the Soviet system. Those big, those failed five-year plans. Right. So they don't even have modern you know, farming techniques, you know, so that the idea that they would be able to capitalize on this in any way or scale up to be in order to feed the Russian people is really an issue. So that's, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And then now you have to layer on the politics of this, that right now, as you know, Liz, that, that there is, um, there's sanctions um, in place on Russia because they invaded the Ukraine. Right. And uh, so now you cannot get any European or, you know, you can't any, imported goods. So, so you cannot find Italian Parmesan cheese in Russia, you, you know, or you can't, you can't get uh, produce from Holland or, you know, or anything, or you can't get the oranges from Israel. You can't find those in Russia right now. And that's so, so Putin is saying, don't worry about that. We are going to produce it all. It's all going to be farm to table. <laughs> and we and it's all going to be supersized because supersized because it's because you still have Chernobyl. So and just leave your Geiger counters at home, people, and come to the market. <laughs> wow. So it is. It is. Um, it's a bold cl- claim, and it's. Uh, but it is. Uh, it's. It, it's an amazing claim. But it's. I mean, he sort of has to do something because because there's real issues now with uh, with food in Russia. So wow. Okay, that's a lot more complicated analysis than I expected. Uh, thank you. That is really interesting. I hadn't thought about the impact of sanctions and why he has to sort of take a position for his own people that he can still get them some um, 
uh, a decent food supply. Yeah. Wow. I can remember going to the markets with you in Russia one time when I was visiting and you're like, don't touch that. Don't even, <laughs> don't even think about that. And the milk was all an issue too, right? Yeah. 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 The milk is, a, that was, yeah. You, we always, we always got our milk from Sweden, Liz. Yeah. That's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink that Russian milk. So yeah. Even the caviar, you know, they, 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 they would put stuff in the caviar. So they're the product that, you know, people know Russia for. Yeah, just to, you know, to cut it and to, you know, to make it cheaper. So uh, the whole thing. So, okay. All right. Well, well thanks for that heads up. Okay. I will, uh, I'm taking caviar off my Christmas night uh, menu. <laughs> Please do. Immediately. Please do. Okay. Hey, Liz, well, the other, you know, the other story, obviously, that was, that has just dominated everything was, was San Bernardino. And, I, I, you know, I I was up last night actually thinking about that um, that terrible massacre, and there's so many parts of it that are almost incomprehensible to mm-hmm. me. But the thing that last night that I was really just focused on was was uh, Tashfin Malik, the the woman, uh, the wife in all of this. You know, as you know, I've been urban nana. I've recently like taken care of my grandchildren uh, in New York, and I just I woke up and I was like. How could that mother like just leave that child? You know, that six month old baby. I mean, what did she do? Was she still, I was wondering, was she still nursing her child at that age? Or if she wasn't nursing, did she leave the mother in law with enough formula for the baby or diapers or? I know, I know. Did she believe she was coming back or that she would survive it? Or did she know that she was, that this was a suicide mission? It is one of the most heartbreaking aspects of a totally heartbreaking story. Right. I I just, you know, and I have seen the pictures uh, because of the media circus of their apartment. And you can see that there were toys in there. There were play gyms and the and the crib had, you know, brightly covered, um, you know, uh, uh, blankets and pillows and stuffed animals. So it was there was obviously some care for this child, you know, and then just how did I don't know. And, And then the other thing, Liz, is. How did Tashfin Malik, this this young mother, how did she learn how to fire one of those giant assault weapons? You know, I mean that that is not something you and I could do. We couldn't just right. pick up an assault weapon and start firing it. I, I and I just I know that's what makes it different than many of the other cases with women where they're wearing suicide vests, Yes, you know, where it doesn't, you know, obviously they have to know how to operate the suicide vest, but it's not the same level of skill as uh, an automatic weapon. It just is, it's so shocking at every level. There was a story in today's, I was thinking about her too, Julie, and about her family and like, how does this happen? And in today's LA Times, there is an interview with her two sisters. Uh, Like imagine that one of your, that you like woke up and you saw breaking news and, you know, you're naturally worried about your family members because they live in that town and, you know, your brother-in-law and your sister, you know, are involved in, in, um, in that organization. So she has two sisters, Saira Khan and Iba Farouk, uh, who were interviewed in the, uh, in the paper today. And they just say, we had absolutely no idea that this is the way they were thinking that this could be what's going on. I mean, imagine the shock that the, uh, that a member of your own family 
could have not only been involved in something uh, so awful, but something that took a huge amount of planning and training and the, so you have on top of the tragedy of it all, you also have the, like the secrecy and just like, you start asking yourself whether you ever knew this person. Exactly. And it just, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a family member. And, you know, the, I felt the same way, like after Columbine, imagining, you know, those boys, what their parents must be thinking and your level of what you should have known or how responsible you were. So it just is, you know, at every level, both for, for, for that family that was, you know, who were the, the perpetrators, but obviously even more for the, uh, the families of the victims. The one thing that really got to me the other night, I got home, I was in Washington, D.C. all week, and I got home and I was watching the news to catch up, and uh, Anderson Cooper was interviewing some of the colleagues who had survived, and one of them mentioned that not too long ago, they had thrown a baby shower for this family. Oh. I mean, uh, it just, you don't even know, like, where to go with that piece of information. So that you could on the, be throwing a baby shower for people that are going to turn around and a few months later massacre you. I, you just, I don't, we will probably never understand what it takes to turn someone into, uh, into that kind of person where right. you, right. you can I mean, turn on people in your own community, your own colleagues, you know, I just, I will never understand that. No, I, I, and you know, and, and I know we've focused this discussion on, on on Tashfeen Malik, but really, it's you know the focus has to be on the vic- victims and 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 the faces, you know, and and it was such an interesting and diverse group of people. Yes, you yes. know, I mean that, you know, just I, it just is. I mean, there are no words. There are no words for that. That's why I think, that, like a lot of people, it's just incomprehensible, you know. And uh, you're trying to make sense out of something that we just don't have, you know, the Western. Uh, we don't have the framework to make to understand, right? You know, how how this couple could have done that? Yeah, so. and you're right about the the people that were murdered and the others who were wounded. It's just sort of a it's a snapshot of California. Yes, and what makes California so great? And uh, just people from all over the world living here, making their lives here. Um, it is really one of the, it's one of the things that makes America great. And I feel it particularly in California. I mean, having grown up on the East coast, I find here in the West, there's an even bigger mix of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So hopefully those families will, will find what they need, uh, to get through this extremely sad, sad holiday period. Yeah. Yeah. So... Oh, well, Liz, you know, the other story, again, it, I, you know, it was something that should bring us great cheer because it's, you know, people that are going to are trying to advance human potential and to promote equality around the world was the announcement this week that Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, Priscilla Chan, have decided, um, well, first of all, they had, they had a baby. They announced their baby, but they have decided. Can I just to, say that they, they named the baby girl Max? What's, yes. your, what's your position on that? <laughs> Zip it, Liz. You just did like. Okay. Five, not five. allowed to have an opinion? Okay. All right. I mean, you know, it's. Um, no, I, I'm no, sure I it'll be cute. I'm sure she'll be cute. I'm sure. I'm, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, see, it doesn't. 
I think they could have done better. Yeah, I think, but you know, again, they didn't ask me, Liz. So that's uh, that's okay. That's the great right. thing about that's... America. You can name the your baby, I guess, whatever you want. So, but, okay, fine. Uh, Sorry, I brought it up. But then they announced plans to give away forty-five billion dollars. Right, ninety-nine um, percent of of their Facebook stock. Uh, and I, I, so when you heard this news, what did you think, Liz? I thought good for them. Well, first I thought. They're lucky that they have 99% to give away, you know, yes. they've still got enough left over. So, but lots of people have that much money and don't give it away. So, right. I mean, nobody has that much money, but you know what I mean? People could give away a lot more money and still cover their basic overhead. Yes. So, uh, you know, I like the, the boldness of the move appealed to me. Yes. Now I, I was, I really cheered them initially, but I also, I have to admit, okay, I had a, I had a few mixed feelings. Because I also thought two things, which are not big thoughts, and I'm not proud of them, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm just going to tell, tell you, just tell you, Liz, is that, well, he did kind of steal that idea for Facebook, right? I saw the movie, okay, right? So that did cross my brain. And okay, so you think it's just out of sheer guilt that he's giving I, I think that may 99%. be, okay, that's, it's about time that you start, like, giving back that. And then the second thought I had, again, not a big thought, was... If you have made so much money, okay, could you work up a new algorithm that allows me to see more of my Facebook friends? That's oh, what yeah. I would like Liz mm-hmm. to, because that is something. But but then I did a little more research, Liz, because I really, you know, I, I have always admired the Gates family for doing the same thing for, you know, the work that the Gates Foundation does. Yes. And, you know, I think this is a great idea when the, with these people with extraordinary, you know, uh, wealth that they, they, they you know, they, they're giving it away. But the, here's the thing, that Mark and Priscilla are really not giving the money away, Liz. They just moved it, it into something called the Chan Zuckerberg I- Initiative. So they're still going to control it. And it's they're going to be involved in something called uh, philanthrocapitalism. Mm-hmm. So because it's they feel that it's not enough, they can't get enough traction or leverage by just doing one-off uh, grants. That they, if they really want to do sort of revolutionary things in the same way that Facebook has revolutionized, you know, that technology and that that um, has revolutionized really the way we interact, that they they're going to be controlling all of it. Mm-hmm. So they still ha- it's still going to be their money, Liz. Okay, so. Uh, you have a problem. I have no problem with that at all. Okay. I mean, because that's ultimately what the Gateses did, you know, and they, and Bill Gates didn't get around to this till much later in his life. But I think if you look at the effectiveness of the Gates Foundation money, it's because they apply the same sort of, you know, smarter than your average bear instincts, uh, to what they do at the Gates Foundation, the same way one would hope, uh, they would do at this foundation. So, I mean, I agree. It's not like totally giving it away, but it is, it's putting, it's devoting the vast majority of your wealth to doing good in the world instead of just making more money on your money. I would have a hard time having no, a I'm, I, with that. No, that I'm fine with, but that, but so, but I think, so they should have used a different verb because they didn't really give the money oh. away. <laughs> you see, you see my point? I see. They really just transferred They're money. Right. They transferred their money. They're going to focus on other things. Good for them. 
Maybe we could all do that then, right? I maybe I should. Let's all decide this year. We're just going to transfer our money into another account and call it something else. That's right. (laughs) We'll tell that to the IRS. Yeah, I I think they do the transferring of our money, Liz. There, there you go. So you're saying they really just reclassified their money? They just reclassified their money, which is fine. Which is fine. And if and they're going to work on initiatives that are important to them, that's 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 good. I agree with you. but I, I just, I think it was important to read beyond the headlines. And I wouldn't have read beyond the headlines unless I had those two tiny thoughts about them to begin with. Okay, so petty thoughts. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here. And we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting... Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day... Just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay. You know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful is yeah. a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen, <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SAT Sisters at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. I think you might even consider them petty thoughts. Yes, they were petty <laughs> Well, didn't, you know, speaking of super wealthy people giving away their money, Warren Buffett, when he decided to give away all of his money, and right. he just gave it to Bill Gates, which is hilarious. Yes. You know, so Mark Zuckerberg could have also given his money to Bill Gates. But I think to me, what I read between the lines is, hey, I'm just as smart as you, Bill Gates. So if you can do it, I can do it. So fine. I would like to see a competition breakout between Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg uh, and Melinda Gates and Patricia Chan about who can do more good in the world. Go for it, guys. Take your killer instincts and go for it. All right, Liz. That's a good challenge. That's a good challenge. Well, Liz, here's a, here's another sort of business culture issue that I wanted to bring up with you. Um, it was in the it was in the Dallas Morning News. I, I don't. I I'm skeptical as to whether or not this is actually a business trend, but I'll put it out to you anyway. That according to the Dallas uh, Morning News, there are a handful of firms that are on the leading edge of a of a new concept called Firm Forty. And what this is, is these are firms. Okay, these it, so, are, it sounds like a diet plan, but I know from your setup <laughs> that it's not. It sounds like something to do with my core, but no. Okay, okay. okay. your firm 40. No, no, this is, this is that um, employers that want to clearly delineate the end of the day, that they, re- they don't want workers to work more than 40 hours a week, even though because of technology, we can work, you know, way more hours a week. Than that, what they want is they want workers to be more effective during a forty-hour period. But then they want them to like turn off their phones, go home, uh, do not check uh, email when um, you know early in the morning or late at night. These are firm forty um, because there's a there's a some research that would suggest that by demanding more hours of workers, that does not guarantee that you get more output. Now, Liz, I know you do not adhere to the firm 40 rule. <laughs> You're more like firm 140. <laughs> no, but I, I support this in concept because I totally agree with the assumption that uh, people are doing a lot of work, what they call work, that is not actually productive or smart. And I think that particularly the email culture has accelerated this, you know, you can tell, and 
I, by the nature of my job, because I work in a global job where my colleagues are spread out all over the world, more often than not, we are communicating via email or video conference, which I prefer, uh, via email at all hours of day or night, depending on what time zone that you're in. And I think sometimes you can tell that somebody just, you know, you send them a serious question or issue and you get back this, you know, short retort. It's like you can almost imagine them stepping out of a taxi in Hong Kong as they typed it to you, you know, Uh that it's like it's this pretend productivity that just because you're responding to an email that somehow you have addressed the issue. So I think it's for me, it's not so much the hours, though fewer hours would be better. But like when you're working, really be focused. And when you're not working, go have a life instead of this sort of instant reaction time that seems to be part of the business culture in many, many places. All right. I mean, that's, uh, they, they said that really you can only concentrate for about 90 minutes at a time. Most people can, and then they need some kind of break or, you know, something, but they, you know, but they're hoping with this firm 40, that if you will spend less time at work on Facebook or ESPN and, you know, <laughs> yes, I work with someone at UCLA, uh, as you just see, he was on ESPN all day long. I don't, I don't know what his job was, but that's that's what was on his screen. Pretty much a, a firm forty uh, a week. He was he was just looking at ESPN. Well, you know, I think that we've talked about the myth of multitasking before too. I yeah. think it's all part of this that you can be doing all these different things at the same time. Let's just call it what it is. You're you're not really focusing on your work, or you're focusing on two or three work assignments at the same time. And again, I just reiterate the quality of your thinking on any one of those things has to be lower. It just <laughs> is. I know mine is. <laughs> I'm not even accusing other people of it. Mine is when you're only working with half your brain on something because the other half is trying to do something else. So I'm it for just turn off your phone. I don't pick however many hours a day you think you can do that and do that. And I think it's better for everyone. Okay, Liz. Well, here, related issue, Liz, a story in the New York Times about conference calls, which I know you do a fair amount of, just about the amount of how people really, and so many people use conference calls now, Uh, you know, whether you're tuning in, you're tuning out, or you're tuning off, uh, and just all the bad behavior, or what is appropriate behavior when you're on a conference call? Um, are you allowed to, you know, use your Swiffer to just do a little dusting around the home? Are, do you need to be fully dressed to take a conference call? Uh, do, uh, do, can you do personal grooming when you're taking a conference call? You know, I, I mean, I know in your business you do a lot of video conferencing, right? We do, which I, the reason I prefer a video conference, even though it takes more effort, is because it keeps people honest. You would be able to see someone swiffering. You would be able to see, like, who's answering their email or, you know, putting on their makeup or whatever. It kind of, it gets people to focus a little bit on the task at hand. I think most conference calls, you know, the way the way the average American office uses a conference call now, that's always for, like, your check-in, you know, department, round up thing. So nobody's 
really listening. <laughs> nobody's nobody's really contributing or paying attention most of the time would be my guess. And then you have the the only good part of all of that is the back channel email that happens during the conference call that nobody is really paying attention to. So everyone's allegedly on the call, but then what you're really doing is making snarky comments to each other on your email about the person who is speaking or some other issue. So it is, uh, it can be entertaining, but I do not think that is productive. Uh, I actually have a conference call at nine 30 tonight, Julie, some nine 30, nine 30 Sunday night. And which I don't do very often, but this is with my colleagues in Asia. So it's already Monday there. So it just seemed like during the week, we could not find a real time that it would actually work. So I am scared to death that by 930 tonight, I will be asleep (laughs) and I will just forget about it, you know? Because at 9.30 on a Sunday night, you're not really thinking about, okay, what's my next business task here? So um, if you – well, you'll never be up at 9.30 at night. No, which, no not me. No. Mm. If anyone would like to text me at 9.30 tonight to remind me to, to <laughs> di- dial into this conference call I have about the uh, sports channels in Asia, uh, that would be really helpful. Thank you very much. Oh, I know. You better put a post-it note on your pillow. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's true. I'll just set the alarm on my iPhone uh, as a little reminder. Okay. Well, that's, um, I, you know, we're get. I mean, you wanted to talk a little bit about, I know you worked hard all week in Washington, then you flew home, but you're trying to have what you call the building blocks of a perfect weekend. Oh, yeah. It doesn't sound like a 9.30 at night uh, uh, conference call is part of that, but maybe you could explain what you've been doing this weekend. Well, I I have been traveling a lot lately. We all have been doing more than our share of traveling because we've been supporting You're the Best at these special events around the country. So I was in New York for that and in St. Paul and in uh, in Bend, Oregon. And then I travel a lot during the week for work. Uh, so the it's, it's a lot to, to like come home and immediately turn around and leave again. So this weekend, uh, I got home Friday night at about 9 p.m. As I mentioned, I was in Washington, D.C. all week at National Geographic, and I just decided I'm not going to do anything ambitious at all for the whole weekend. Okay. I'm just like there's I, – I booked myself out like I'm not making any plans. I'm not doing anything. So yesterday morning, I woke up. I took Ferris for a little walk. Then I, you know, just did some errands. I needed my car – my car needed – desperately needed a car wash from the drive to Oregon and back. So, you know, you feel good when you get your car washed. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was a little grocery shopping. Then Saturday afternoon, my favorite Saturday afternoon thing to do uh, is to to catch up on some key TV shows I might have missed during the week. And so Top Chef is what I uh, – <laughs> I had missed the first two episodes of the new Top Chef season, which is happening here in L.A. Ooh. So – I knew I wanted to do that, and so I, I was actually watching Top Chef on my living room couch when Leon called. She had just gotten home from Dallas to give me the Dallas uh, report, and I said, oh, yeah, I'm just laying here uh, watching Top Chef. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I wake you up? I'm like, no. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm re- really just watching Top Chef. Uh, that was so I had hours of TV catch up yesterday afternoon. The only thing I booked for myself then at 5 p.m. I went for 
not just a 60-minute, but a 90-minute massage, Julie. All right, Liz. Now, that's living. That's uh, well-deserved at flying back and forth across the country and all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And the, it was the 14-hour drive up and back to Oregon. Oh. So I had a very nice uh, massage uh, and then just came home, made myself a little dinner, and uh, watched a little more catch-up TV. Then, So you know how when you've had a massage... And then you don't, like, I just came home and kind of made dinner, watched some TV and got into bed. I didn't yeah. wash off any of the oil or anything. You know, I, you want to let it sink into your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this morning I was up early and it was time to take Ferris out for, for a walk. And I thought, okay, I really look terrible. Uh, I should, should I take a shower before I go out? Or, and then I'm like, no, it's, you know, 7.30 on a Sunday morning. There's, nobody's going to care. And I'm not going to bump into anyone I know. Oh, sure enough. Sure enough. Who'd you see? Your boss? <laughs> no, but a colleague, a colleague who lives in the neighborhood. Oh, uh, Frank and his wife and their two dogs. I was like walking by the coffee shop and I saw them out of the corner of my eye. And I thought about just keeping going, just like pick up the pace. Let's get, let's get out of range. Quick Ferris, run for our lives. But Ferris does not have that ability anymore. So he's like the super slow dog. But anyway, so it was fun. So we sat down for a little while and had, uh, had coffee uh, with them. And the whole time I'm thinking, they're probably staring at my hair, my hair. Cause you know, you have the massage oil in your hair and yes. then you sleep on it. And oh. then like, like I didn't even put a hat on. I didn't even make that much of an effort. So, but anyway, so as soon as I came home, right before I dialed you up, I took the nice hot shower, Julie. So okay, you can't see me, but, um, you'd be happy to know that, uh, that I, I look better. Your hair now. is looking better. Okay. That's important. Anyway. So there, are th- those are just the building blocks of my low key weekend. Uh, and, so far so good. I'll edit this show when we're done and Mm -hmm. then got the whole afternoon wide open, which is why I'm worried about being asleep by nine 30 when I'm supposed to do that conference call. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so that's it. But but before we go, Liz, you wanted to tell people about um, our YTB encore interviews that we have planned for the month of December. I did because, you know, we created all of these special You're the Best encore interviews for that we started posting for you in November. And there are some really good ones that we've already posted. So if you uh, go to SatelliteSisters.com, you'll see that we have Nora Ephron there. That was one of our favorite interviews of all time, mm-hmm, talking to mm-hmm. the late, great Nora Ephron. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Liz Gilbert, J.J. Abrams. Like, Could anyone in the world be making more news right now than J.J. Abrams? No, no. No, but we had him first, Liz. We did. Know? Mm-hmm. I, you know, we talked to him about Alias because it was kind of back in the day. But anyway, so they're all already posted. But three of the highlights that are coming up within days now, I want you to know that we are going to be posting our interview with George Foreman. Remember when we talked to him? You know, Liz, this was? was one of my favorite interviews of all time. I lo- I just love this interview. So I, you are going to love this. Anyone's going to love this interview. George Foreman is fantastic. Yes. What a fun guy. I mean, naturally, we talked to him about grilling. So, you know, we thought we would repost that now because there's nothing wrong with the George Foreman grill as an excellent holiday present. So we have George Foreman coming up. We have Robin Roberts coming up, who is such a delight person mm-hmm. and we've talked to her several times and it's always fun and then 
whenever I see this name, really, I think of you, Julie. Our next Encore interview, Peggy Fleming. I know. I know. I know. I just love Peggy. She's, you know, <laughs> she's my idol. Just... So, yeah, that's great. So okay. go go check them out. And mm-hmm. these are also very easy to share around to your own friends. So if you have friends who, like Julie, um, whose lives were changed by watching Peggy Fleming on the ice, uh, you can share that interview. The Liz Gilbert one is so interesting to listen to because it was it was before she was famous. You know, yeah. it was the day Eat, Pray, Love was published. And so she now she has like guru status and God love her for it. I mean, she's great to listen to, but this was just like Liz Gilbert just starting on the path. I know Liz Gilbert girlfriend. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So uh, check all of those out. They're all at satellitesisters.com. And then of course, we're keeping up. We I think that we might have missed a couple of shows during November because of the book tour and the holidays. But uh, are you guys doing a Tuesday show? Oh, we got a big Tuesday show planned. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what we're going to do, but it's going to be big, Liz. It always is. Uh, so we're we're looking forward to it. Can I ask a question about yeah. your TV recaps? Because these are super popular, and mm-hmm. we've had people turn up at our book events who like came to Satellite Sisters because of Downton Gabby as, yes. as a TV recap yes. or Madam Secretary or the, what was the other sexy Scottish one you did? Pole Dark and Handsome. Pole Dark yes. and Handsome. <laughs> Pole Dark and Handsome. Pole Dark. Yes. So, and then Outlander. Yes. Oh, Outlander. Oh, We've been doing yeah. them all, Liz. They're all excellent. They're so. all excellent. They're all posted. But is there going to be a moment in this TV season when they overlap, when Madam Secretary and, say, Downton Abbey are on the air at the same time? No, I don't think so. We're a little concerned uh, that maybe Madam Secretary is going to be taking a hiatus for the next couple of months before they start putting up new episodes. Of oh. course, they have not called us with this information. <laughs> and I, so I'm not really prepared to answer the question. Uh, I, along with a lot of people, I'm going to turn on turn on Madam Secretary tonight, Liz, and see what happens to see if there's a new episode. I'm hoping there will be. Uh, but, it, you know, Leon suspects that they might be taking some kind of hiatus. So, okay. so we'll, right. we'll work it out. I mean, you, it, it will not stop us from our recaps. We'll, yeah, because Downton we'll, Abbey starts pretty soon, right? I know. I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just know people have come to count on you two, our excellent recappers. And uh, we've now got quite a supply of TV recaps. Yeah. So uh, check that out. All right. Uh, Liz, I know what you're doing for the rest of the day. (laughs) Good luck with that 930 call tonight. Okay. Why did I say yes to that? It's just all the alternatives were worse. You know, that's a a certain point. Just getting it over with is the best, is the best strategy. And I do, I enjoy my colleagues in that part of the world. So I don't want to, usually it's really hard for them, but easier for me. So this time I just decided this will be my holiday gift to them. You get one 9.30 p.m. Sunday conference call a year, and then that's it. (laughs) That's a good strategy. Well, I'm still, I'm just going to be home alone. I have lots of excellent You're the Best cookies still left and uh, some bun cakes, Liz. So they're all here in the house with me. That's Okay, one awesome thing that I wanted to mention. I totally forgot about it. Yesterday, I got your Christmas card. Which oh, yes. is adorable, adorable. Okay. But can okay. I can I just say I think it's the first time I've ever seen a holiday card that is the grandparents 
and all of the grandchildren with none of your own children in it. Yes. They didn't want to be in the picture. They didn't. Okay. I t- Liz, okay, so just to set this up, our Chris holiday card, Christmas card this year is my husband and I with the four grandchildren. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, we, we had a family picture taken, my husband and I, our two sons, my daughter-in-laws, and the four grandchildren. And my son, one of my sons sort of balked at the idea that we would use that giant group photo of uh, to send out as our Christmas card. I guess he is like, you know, he didn't want to be in our Christmas card. <laughs> There's the holiday spirit. Okay, how about that? I don't know. He, he just didn't like it. It made him feel weird. I don't want him to feel weird. Okay, so that's okay. We just cut them right out, and we're just going to be with the grandkids. Okay. So uh, <laughs> this is, it's very possessive. Yes, it's just the, the grandparents with the grandchildren. Who cares about those kids in between? Who cares? And uh, I, love, I love the fact that three of your grandchildren look totally adorable and angelic yeah. and peter is bawling his fool head yeah, off. no he really didn't want to he didn't want to take his picture ticket so anyway so this is a, this is a favorite time of year when all the holiday cards start pouring in so yeah. um but yours was the first i received for the whole season okay so it's i know the- we had a rainy thanksgiving list so we just got a we got a jump on the christmas card situation that's it Okay, well, you have a place of honor on my mantle. Uh, Thank you very much. All right, so we are the Satellite Sisters. That's it for this weekend. Uh, If you want to reach us, you can always email us. It's info at SatelliteSisters.com. You can always join our Facebook group. Uh, Just keep in touch. We can follow us on Twitter. I'm at SS Liz. We are and on Instagram too, Liz. Oh yes. yes. So on either Twitter or Instagram, we're at Sat Sisters. So okay, another set of photos that I'm enjoying is the pictures of Satellite Sisters with their copies of You're the Best. So I don't want to put too much pressure on you people who have already bought the book. You did everything we've asked you to do. But if you can also take a picture of your satellite sister Appreciating the gift. Those are super fun for us to see. So at Sat Sisters on either Twitter or Instagram is a good place to share those. And you can hashtag that Sat Sisters YTB. So, um, okay, have a good week. Hey, Liz, you too. Don't forget, call your satellite sister.